Rob, I'm just going to say it. You know, the natural spot to start this show, the Jumanji house is underrated. We're starting with the Jumanji house, huh? Recipes want Robin Williams for sure. Yeah, that's um, a, maybe a better place to start. But Jumanji, as a guy that was up at 2.30 Saturday morning after a few beers, mm-hmm. what an incredible 2.30 a.m. movie. Maybe we could discuss some of your favorite late night movies in a second. Uh, but the house itself, I just had a, a ton of admiration for it. And being the holidays and you got the Christmas Story house and Home Alone, I want Jumanji to be thrown in that conversation. Okay, I, I guess my defense of that is, like, I don't even know anything about the Jumanji house. I remember when that, like, turns into, like, a jungle setting, I think, at some point. Like, that sounds sick, but, like, I don't remember anything specifically about the Jumanji house. Obviously, with a pair of fresh eyes, I might be able to see a little bit more. But Well, I encourage you, if it's on, uh, like, TNT and you're up at 2 a.m., put turn it on. First of all, great late-night movie because there's all these, these, like, chapters. You know, they go to Sporting Goods Store, and there's always something happening. But the house itself, beautiful white mansion, these just uh, astonishing staircases. And so you, you you always hear about the Home Alone house. And I just want right. to throw Jumanji, like, let's not forget about it. Yeah, I think the Home Alone house is a little bit different, though. Because I think in the Home Alone movies, like, the house is a character. You know what I mean? Like, when Kevin sets up all the traps for the wet bandits and shit, like, we it, it gets its own character development arc. You know what I mean? Like, what are the? There's paint cans on the stairs. There's this. You know what I mean? When the wet bandits touch the handrail, it's hot. You know what I mean? I think that in and of itself, the house is a character in Home Alone, so it's a little bit more memorable. But if you're telling me the Jumanji house is sick, I'll go back and watch Jumanji, baby. You should watch it, but you you have a point there with Home Alone, and that's only a point that you would bring up. I don't have enough depth to think about the house as a character. You know, I'm just thinking about the paint cans coming down on the dude's head. Um, Which is funny, dude. Yeah. Did you see the Monday Night Football animation with Josh Allen throwing those down? They did a, like a little play on Home Alone. It was sick. Was it sick? I didn't see it. I mean, those animations get a lot of cred or a lot of pub too of like people making fun of them because they are kind of ridiculous. But I didn't see that one. Yeah, it's a good one. So go check that out. Uh, <laughs> okay. Are you like a Christmas Story House guy? Being in Cleveland, you know, everyone talks about it, all that shit. You know, I didn't know where it was until I started going to Rally Inn. Rally Inn is like such an underground bar too. Like you got to kind of know where it's at to find it. Uh, and I've never been a Christmas story house guy. I'm a rally in guy now. So I'm not, like, I support the neighborhood for sure. Yeah. Uh, I can't say I've seen that movie in like 10 years, but it, it just gives me like bad vibes the way it's like shot. And it, ha- you know, has like this eighties feel to it. Is it even 80? Is it eighties movie? Uh, it sounds like should know that should know that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I guess it's kind of cool that it's like up the street, but beyond that, I'd rather see the Jumanji house every day of the week, you know, for sure. Yeah. Um, I think we can probably uh, move on from that and, and, and into the pick six, but kind of flowing into the holiday movie. Obviously, it's the time for that. Netflix is just pumping them out the ass. You want romantic, you want romantic uh, Christmas movies. We got seven of them coming out this Friday. You know, you want, you know, there's just a ton. Do you get down with that shit? Do you like the classics or what? Yeah, I guess I'm more into the classics. I don't get into the new age stuff. Like I know Hallmark is like releasing like 60 new Christmas movies. And I wonder what that pitch is like in that meeting where they're like, 
hey, what are we going to do this upcoming Christmas season? And as you said, pump them out the ass had to come up. I think that expression had to have been used. Um, I'm not I'm not going to watch any of those Hallmark movies. I'm not going to watch any of the Netflix movies, but I am especially nostalgic for like those Christmas movies that came out when we were kids. Uh, like the Grinch, I saw that opening night in theaters for Drew Thomas. Sorry if your name doesn't want to get dropped, Drew Thomas. I'm dropping it. His tenth birthday party when it's all the Grinch, it was absolutely electric. Uh, and I, one of my favorite scenes is uh, Tim Allen and the Santa Claus when they're eating at Denny's. I think that's like the most Christmas thing possible. Like just making do with the people you got. Love that scene especially. So I get nostalgic. What about you? Did you watch any Hallmark movies over there? Get a nice bottle of Pinot. I don't mind like the romance, but some of those you can tell like right off the bat, the kind of budget they had, you know, maybe like a little bit of a D lister. Uh, we got them for a little bit cheaper. They're not as attractive. The cinematography kind of blows ass. So those mm-hmm. Netflix has kind of upped it though from the hallmark in my opinion. Um, so I'll, I'll watch some of that. Uh, but yeah, classics home alone and elf would probably be the two. Um, but I'm just not a big rewatcher, as we've discussed on the pod before. Not a huge thing for me. So I have a hard time watching the same movies every year. For sure. I understand that. But like and some of them, you know, if they take you back to the time and place when, you know, you might have believed in Santa Claus or something, there's there's definitely some merit there. And I understand you might not want to go back and watch them, though. I think we have more Christmas shit later and we have next week. So maybe we'll just move on to number two here, the pick six. And okay. really, we're just riding a high, buddy. The Browns. Mm-hmm hang up a big W zips first Huge. W since 2018. You specifically pretty solid squad in the fantasy playoffs. How do we keep riding this high? Because if I know anything in 30 years, it doesn't just keep, you know, it's hard to ride the high and keep it going. Right. Yeah. I, with fantasy though, it's so fickle. I don't think you can like invest yourself into fantasy. The Browns, I mean, normally by this point, we're talking about left guards and left tackles or defensive ends that we're going to yeah. draft. Uh, so it's just nice to have them going. They're getting flexed into night games. Like today, as we're recording, we just found out that they're playing the Jets on national television on a Sunday night. Like that kind of juice keeps you going for a little bit longer. And if they can make it into the playoffs and get into the second round of the playoffs, I mean, that's two more weeks of football that we're going to get to watch. Uh, and then you, after the football season ends, I mean, all bets are off kind of thing. Like you got to find a college basketball team that you root for. We're zip guys. <laughs> Other people got to go find their Mac teams that they want to root for. Uh, but it, it is a hard drop off from this football season into the yep. next thing. Yeah. Uh, don't even make me think. I'm just thinking about like in life, how many of these like just win streaks sort of, it doesn't have to be in sports, but maybe, you know, you get a new job, you get a new girlfriend, all this st- start, st- stuff starts stacking on top of each other. You get like mm-hmm. maybe five of those hot streaks in your life. Like we're nearing one w- with the Browns, you know, if they do make the yeah. second round of the playoffs, like, and maybe your fantasy team wins the championship and you get a raise or a nice Christmas bonus, you get like five of those. And so when you feel that momentum, like we're at the kind of like we're preheating, if it eventually, you know, you preheat a lot in life, but when can you take right. it to like five flames, you know? Yeah. And you're actually hot and you're like, you're getting like all self-conscious and trying to be like uh, superstitious about everything that you're doing to try to stay hot. Like yeah. you're at the roulette table and you go to like the same person all the time. Uh, and you try to ride that bender. I don't know, Deej. That's a good question. And we got to start thinking about the stuff that we're doing to make sure that we stay hot. Yeah. Because I, we, I get the feels when I'm preheating and I'm just like have this optimism but then right. it just gets slashed and your knees cut in half, you know, 99% yeah. of the time. 
Uh, if you could talk to people about when do you know when you're going from like preheating to like, holy shit, I'm hot right now. Yeah, uh, I think it's a it needs to be bigger than like a Browns win over the Titans, though. It's got to be okay. like a, a job promotion or uh, that girl that you've asked out 17 times finally says yes. Like it's a breakthrough moment. That's when you're truly okay. know like a hot streak might be underway. Okay, so like you just got a new gig. The Browns are on a bender. Like, are you preheating right now? If I had a sick fantasy team, just because I invest so much of my time and thoughts in it, and I was maybe yeah. like getting a buy this week, then yes, I would be, I would be on a hot streak. But unfortunately, the fantasy team just it it sucked this year, so I'm not no. Oh, wow. You just took the preheat and you just turned off the oven right there. Yeah. You know what I mean? I was trying to build some momentum. And anyone can apply that to any any part of their life. Obviously, we take fantasy way too seriously, but it is, a you know, I'll admit it's a serious part of my life. So if it, mm-hmm. if it took up no 30% of my life for the last three months and boom, it led to five and eight season, you know, what are right. we doing? <laughs> right. Yeah. All your research at Dan Arnold didn't pay off this yeah. year. Yeah. You got to go back to the books next year. Okay. I understand that. So. And I think I understand what you were trying to do with this topic. You were trying to make me realize that I was preheating and I shut it down. So maybe that's on me. Maybe I got to be better at recognizing that I'm on a hot streak. You could be, you know, you could be close to pre for sure. It's up to you to determine ultimately, but it's more of a, uh, you know, thought process to the people start thinking about what makes you preheat and how you can take that to heat up. And maybe it is getting a little bit more bold. Maybe it's taking another risk, you know, doubling down. Right. And I think it's got to go beyond gambling. And like in my mind, a hot streak is only gambling, right? (laughs) That's where my mental block's at right now. So it might be like getting a new gig or like, you know, moving out of my parents' basement or like doing something like that, right? Okay. Right. Yeah. And maybe like I'll develop like a checklist because one's got to probably be money involved. Right. So it can be gambling or something else. Two, something personal. And then three, uh, you're winning at something. Right. It's just divine luck. The other shot in here. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. I like that. All right. Um, Well, I guess we are on the gambling topic. So this is number three here. Yep. You texted me this week with an interesting thought. You didn't explain. So I'm not prone to what you're going to say here. You said when they legalize gambling in Ohio, which seems to be in the next year or so, that you don't want it to be mobile friendly Mm -hmm. in the first year. And you need to explain yourself. Yeah, and I understand that might be a hot take because mobile sports betting is like so much more convenient, right? And it's like you can sit on your couch, you can lay juice on any game that you want to watch. You don't have to go to a casino. You don't have to like get cash and play some money. But I'm just saying that from like a communal standpoint, how electric it would be to like congregate with a group of people, obviously post-COVID, at the book. And I'm envisioning like a Sunday morning, right? You wake up, it's 9 o'clock, you get a cup of coffee, you make your way downtown. The place is just buzzing. People are talking about lines. People are talking about locks. They're talking about the Browns that day, right? And everyone's just there, like, talking about everything, right? That sounds so much fun to me right now. Just And then you might sneak a couple beers. You make plans to go to Panini's after, right? And then you're watching yeah. the Browns game at the Panini's. You have a full slate of games after going to the book. It's like an adventure in and of itself, right? That sounds awesome to me. And if, could you like place money on the game and go to Panini's after, but you're not going to go to Panini's, you know what I mean? You're not mm-hmm. going to make the effort to go out and do something. And I think like for the f- first year post COVID, I'm looking for any reason to make sure that people can get together and, you know, community building. And I think that could happen at the book. 
You know what I mean? So I just don't want the mobile aspect of people staying in. Let's get out. Let's do stuff. Let's get some group bets going. See, I thought about why you might be saying this for a, cu- a good couple hours this week. And yeah, the conclusion good. I came upon is like the only reason would be the communal aspect. And I am with you because one, it holds people maybe a little bit more accountable because when it's so accessible, man, that gets dangerous. We've right. both been, uh, been in that danger zone a few times. Little chase, little chase, uh, yep. little chase makes it so easy. And yeah, when you, when our buddy Eric and has our do- his dog, he's not going to come out. But if he has to come to the book to do it, he's going to make some sacrifices and get some arrangements for his dog. Absolutely, yep. <laughs> he's going to be at the book, you know? Right. But if it's there on your phone, it's like, yeah, I'm betting with you guys. But yeah, right. so I'm, kind of, I'm with you a little bit let- there. And just for self-control, to be honest. And for self-control, obviously, that's a big one. And the other scenario, let me just walk you through this, because this one was one I was amped up about, because I normally wouldn't care about this slate of games. Like, I'm going to watch the NFL games regardless, but imagine, like, it's uh, last week of February, you get off work, it's 7 p.m., you get downtown, there's a full slate of NCAA games to bet on, you you lay down 100 bucks, and then you just leave with your buddies, you go to Winking Lizard, you get some wings and some beer, you stay there till. 11 o'clock drinking 32 ounce beers for four bucks. I mean, that sounds like as good as it gets on a Friday night, Deej. Absolutely, it does. Um, Unfortunately, it seems like there's a lot uh, prohibiting that sort of experience right now as we stand. uh, Right, yeah. There's like this pandemic and it's not legal. So yeah, (laughs) Yeah. we might as well be smoking weed while we do it. (laughs) But in, (laughs) right, in six months, that experience could be real. And so let's just hold on to that hope and maybe that'll, you know, Talk about riding a hot streak. If they legalize, get you know, get yeah. a little uh, vaccine going. Boom. Uh, that's like the human hot. You know, if there's right. a vaccine, that's a preheating for everyone in the on the planet. That's a good. That's where we should take it. As soon as you get that vaccine shot, you're immediately preheating. Like that's yeah. a life changing event. A stroke of good luck. As soon as you get it, you're preheating. I agree. Yeah. With that. Yeah. Uh, I do have some gambling news, and I want to put it on the pod so that okay. it's just on the books. Okay. Okay. And this is going to sound crazy, but my goal is to be profitable, a profitable sports gambler in 2021. Isn't that everyone's goal? <laughs> like, you isn't think, that why I'm good? You would think. Right. But like how many of us are truly profitable in a given year? I'm not profitable. And you know what? I think that's a good point of differentiation is that like when I'm gambling, I'm probably not looking at like, what I think is the best bet. I'm looking at it from the perspective of like, what games am I going to watch? You know what I mean? How am I going to find entertainment through this? And I think if you, if you have access to it, like we're talking about, uh, you can start looking at it a little bit differently and start looking at profitability stuff. Yeah, exactly. You can have a better track of what's going on. So here's my, I'm putting it on the books, hundred dollars, which might seem like a lot to people might seem like a little depends on your spectrum. I, right. you know, respect the dollar amount. If someone's betting a thousand dollars a month and they can afford to don't say shit about it. If they want to bet 10 and get the same juice off of it, there's no judgment here. Yep. Mine, I'm going to limit it to a hundred bucks a month loss max. Loss. Yeah. Love that. And fun. what's that going to do? It's going to cause me to bet like 20 to 25 bucks on games, more mm-hmm. like money line straight up on the spread type of shit rather than these like long shot parlays. And I'm going to pick the games that I truly feel great about. And maybe I will track it on Twitter. Maybe I'll do that, like create account or maybe I'll do it on greasy and we'll have like like a year to date profitability. 
Yeah, I think if it was if it was legal, I'd love to do a greasy slate of like all the games that we were betting on, right? And mm-hmm. I think that'd be a lot of fun. I know a lot of other people do that, but I think it would just hold us accountable, and we'd probably be so sick because I wouldn't want to be embarrassed on the greasy. That's what yeah, I, I like the Colts minus two and a half this week. By the way, is it to move to two and a half? Huh? Yeah, it's oh. <laughs> sliding, sliding. Uh, so 2021 profitable. I'm holding myself accountable. Max loss in the year 1,200 bucks. See when you well, put it on a, when you put it on a year scale scale, then it starts to get a little crazy because a hundred bucks a month doesn't sound like a lot. Maybe it does, no. but twelve hundred bucks, you know, that's a decent. Right. You make you make a hundred k after taxes. You know, whatever. That's two percent of your salary. It's a decent yeah. amount. It's one point two percent of your salary. Yeah, but uh, yeah. yeah, I understand what you're <laughs> <Yeah>. saying. <laughs> uh, I understand what you're saying, but you Whoa, wouldn't lose. That. You would you wouldn't lose every month. You'd go on a little hotter. Hot no, exactly. Little I bit, think I'm going to be meaner. profitable. I'm going to be profitable. Yeah, you are. You we'll will be happening. for sure. All right. On to number four here. There's some good music coming out. Yeah. Switching gears, music. We're music guys. You know, yes, everyone, you know, we're walking down the street. They're like, oh, those music guys. That's I'm actually guy. pretty, when you talked about it last week in terms of like the top five on Spotify and the wrapped and all that bullshit, I'm like, I think my general music that I like would be like thought of as like shitty music. But yeah. at the same time, then I would say those people that would call my music shitty are snobs and I would dislike their comments anyway. Anyway, right. there's a lot of good That's music dropping this week. Yeah. What are you, or over the next month, what are you looking forward to the most? You what know how I, you were just, you were just telling me like uh, when somebody tells you like your music shitty. Well, I had something similar happen today. One of our buddies texted us, me in a group chat and said, like pretty much said my taste in music was NPR tiny desk. And, <laughs> and when somebody says something so accurate about you, it like it kind of gets offensive. And that's the way I felt today. It was like, fuck you. Like I'm so much more diverse. And then I like think back to like all my favorite music has a tiny desk. You know what I mean? And uh, musically, I, I, I got really caught up in that and I can't get past that right now. And I was ready for a different question anyway. So but what do you, what do you, <laughs> right. ready for, dude? Well, I'm thinking about mine and like, I actually, I like like the pop R and B guys, but if there's a yeah. look to them, you know, like we both know who Marky Basie is and like Marky Basie, mm-hmm. but essentially like a lot of the guys I like look like Marky Basie. And if okay. someone were to see that on this, it's very LA and could be described as, you know, sort of a douche. Um, right. And that's how they all look. Yeah. Those are the dudes I rock with musically. You know, there's obviously different love Maggie Rogers and she has a new album coming out or, uh, mm-hmm. New album of old songs, but uh, so yeah, which is I'm excited that. for. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think I'm most looking forward to Drake though, which is dropping in January. I'm a huge Drake fanboy. I'll mm-hmm. admit it. Um, so I guess you question my music taste there too. But well, in in some circumstances, music's music's popular because it's pretty good, and Drake's music sure. is pretty good. You know what I mean? Like, and I don't think there's any shame in saying that. I think like some people try to take pride in finding like the most like. Uh, esoteric band that they can find and like say, Oh, they only got 35,000 listens on Spotify. Like, Oh, you just wouldn't get it. Yeah. That music probably sucks. And like, it's mostly unlikely that you found like the next big band that's going to blow mm-hmm. up on 35,000 listens on Spotify, but they might be good and you can enjoy them. And I'm not saying you can't, but like let people enjoy shitty music or what music they like. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe that's just a self-conscious side. Maybe those people don't exist as much as they used to. 
like right. 20, 2013, there were a lot of music judges out there. I don't know. Maybe 2020 mm. is a little more accepting. I used to be a music judger, dude. So really? I've come clean. Yeah, now. see? Yeah. yeah. Maybe it's just a generational thing. Um, dropping Friday, too. Kid Cudi. Uh, like I said, Maggie Rogers coming out. Marky Basie has some new shit coming out on Friday. So do you get hyped for New Music Friday and all that shit on Spotify? Or? Not like every Friday, uh, that's for sure. But uh, speaking of the Kid Cudi album that's coming out, uh, Phoebe Bridgers, who I'm a big fan of, is on a Kid Cudi track. Talking mm. about crossover events, I didn't think that was going to happen. Uh, but yeah, so I'm excited for that song. I'm definitely excited for Maggie Rogers. Uh, EP to come out. It's like that collection of old songs that you were talking about. Uh, definitely pumped for that, but not, I'm not looking forward to every Friday. I guess uh, I don't know what albums are coming out that frequently, you know? Yeah, I look at, I, I love, you know, I look forward to, you know, you have certain pop, Bill Simmons podcast, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and I love having uh, new music Friday and release radar updated that day. Uh, but Switching gears a bit, uh, a teacher, which is a show I've talked about before, you know, the teacher sleeps with the kid and Mm. it's that whole story, but they had a party scene in the episode this week and in the background, Zed Clarity was playing, which Mm. I looked up from 2012 and that song just goes, dude. And for me, that song will go forever. (laughs) So do you have any example like that where it's like you just connect with that shit? Yeah. uh, So... That's funny. Uh, speaking of NPR Tiny Desk, Dua Lipa just released an NPR Tiny Desk. Uh, and I figured out that I think the best pop song in the history of pop is Don't Start Now uh, by her. And I just think that song's incredible. And I think it's going to go for the next 20 years. Like the bass line, the disco thing in it, it's just so good. And that's she's like super hot, too. She's like, you used to be a model, I guess. Yeah. And like you're watching that and you're like, this isn't fair that this somebody this person's this talented. Like they can write like this good of a pop song and she's like aesthetically beautiful. So do it. You're doing it and I'm loving it. Uh, I think that's a song that goes. Yeah. It's like, you think they're like made in a factory or something, you know, you can't have it all. That's a life hot streak, you know? Yeah. That just doesn't seem fair. (laughs) Right. I love, uh, this just popped in my, I also love, uh, Leona Lewis bleeding love. That's one that'll always that's go how, for me, dude. That's how it goes, dude. She kind of fell off, uh, you know. She, she didn't did. really have like that sophomore follow up, but that yeah. song, I mean, all same thing with Jesse J. I know we were big Jesse J. fans. I believe Domino. Yeah, she, no, she had a, you know, four or five like really solid, but mm-hmm. I don't know where she was. All right, on to number five here. Something that's been happening in my life, and probably mm-hmm. for a lot of people across the across the uh, listenership is buying a gift for a stranger. So maybe it's a coworker, maybe it's a family member, maybe you do the white elephant bullshit, but I find it very difficult in 2020 to do so. If you feel me or other. Yeah, I do. I I do feel, yeah. I normally just avoid that situation as much as possible, right? Like, I don't know what to get you. You're not getting something unless it like comes readily to my mind. I probably won't get you something. Uh, and I feel the same way about other people. It's like, if I don't want or didn't specifically ask for something, you don't have to get me anything. You don't have to give me the Starbucks gift card with some chocolates in it. I don't want that. You can keep it. Um, but this year's a little bit different and you want to make sure that those people like know that you're, you're thinking about them. I think the best way to do that and it's shitty and it takes a lot of time is just like writing cards to people. And that sucks. Mm. Yeah. Well, I'm in this gift exchange. You have to do it for a coworker that I don't know and so on. And mm. one, 
and I'm not even like doing a whole 2020 thing where you got to be sensitive of everybody, but in a way it's like, you want to get them something one, I guess you could go like the joke route, just a gag gift for 20 bucks or whatever, but even that's right. hard. Uh, chocolate. You don't know if they eat chocolate or they're allergic. Uh, right. Clothing. You're not going to go that route. Uh, and then I look up like coworker gifts and, uh, it's all like mugs and no one wants a fucking mug puzzles, all that shit. So that's where I'm at. Yeah. And you don't want to get them like a generic gift card or something like that. Like you put no thought into it. <laughs> like you want to make sure that's like, uh, yeah, that's tough. I know that. Yeah. You might not know the person that well. So I don't know. I think the holiday gift exchange and like trying to build community through that stuff doesn't work out too well. Like people that like organically build relationships, they're going to do it. Ha- and I don't think getting them a white elephant gift is going to build that relationship. So I'm out on that, dude. In, in elementary school, did you ever uh, – I, I might have told this story on the pod, but it just sticks in my memory. I don't know why I would have. But um, you you gather in a circle, and I think this is a true white elephant where you wrap it up, and then you mm-hmm. go around, and you play some music, and then you end up with a random gift. Mm-hmm. So uh, you know how you used to go to those like uh, Santa shops? It'd be like in the cafeteria. You pick out some like tchotchkes for your <laughs> for your yeah. family. Just bullshit. Yes, sir. Yep. Well, I I love this giant pencil. I bought this massive, uh, like <laughs> thick, big <laughs> giant pencil. And I, this thing's awesome, you know. Yeah. So I bought that for myself. And well, we do the white elephant gift and the music's going around. And I, obviously you can tell when a giant pencil's wrapped. And right. so someone else had bought it for the white elephant. And you can tell where the story's going. I am just dreading getting the pencil because I already had one. Well, obviously I end up with the pencil. And it was like my, obviously it ruined my day. I still remember the feeling. I can remember where I am on the floor, all that bullshit and uh, the pain that caused me. So you didn't want two pencils? I, that sounds like the best no. case scenario. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I guess at that time, man, yeah, that burned in my brain. Talk about like a privileged childhood, I guess. But man, I can still remember the feeling. Of two yeah. pencils. All right. Yeah, two pencils. I don't know where those are at. Some landfill somewhere. All right. Number six here. Um, and this is just me looking for advice, truthfully. Mm-hmm. Do you have any like recurring themes or things you think about when you're trying to fall asleep? Uh, no, I think I'm pretty normal in thinking of like the most embarrassing things I've ever done and just like the anxiety and dread of another day. Like that's normally what I think about when I go to bed. Like I'm not thinking of big topics at the time of my like uh, going to bed. I'll scroll Twitter. I'll think about that. Yesterday I was thinking about the stock market a little bit, but not continually like some current theme that's like running through my mind. What about you? I think is, you struggling with something? I, I just, no, I just need to get better at e- easing my mind truthfully, like relaxing yeah. quicker. And so I don't know if you, it's probably, you know, they can say like, don't look at your phone, read a book, all that shit. But I'm just looking for like a quick win here. Okay. Um, I kind of fall in one or two categories. One, I'll get very anxious about something. Mm-hmm. So I'll like think about that. Um, well, I guess it's three things. So I'll either be anxious two or very uncomfortable. Like I'll feel like everything in my body, like, Oh, there's an itch there. Yeah. Ooh, my back's a little tight, whatever. Or three, I, my mind starts spinning on an idea, which is a good zone to be in. Right. Yeah. Like that's how uh, Mr. Holmes has a home came about just that's, sitting in my, you know, God. Yeah. Did you sign a book deal for that yet? I know you guys were in talks. Uh, I don't know. if yeah, I Shout out to our day ones on that one. But, yeah. um, no, no book deal, but we're in discussions. Good. 
Uh, so those are the kind of the three buckets. Um, I do have, remember when we talked about if you had like stupid money, not like a million dollars, somewhere between a million and a billion. So let's say like 300 mil, like you're yeah. really well off generational wealth. What would you do with that? Like for what would be your first investment? Yeah. So I've changed my idea from running the Cleveland Plain Dealer to uh, I would take over, the, you know, the Ohio City Galley building. Mm-hmm, I do. Incredible building. They shut down and I know Sosta City is still operating out of there. But if you've been, you know how great the space is. So it'd be a similar idea. A bunch of different restaurants, essentially like a food court with a bar and they bring your food out to you, all that bullshit. But we're just redoing the theme. It's like late night, food's open late, and we're doing like a just a very approachable bar, like $2 beers, $3 beers, and it's going to be like the spot in Cleveland. Like you bring your family from out of town, you, we are going to this spot because it's that incredible. I'd put the money into it to make it that cool. Yeah, I was going to say you're probably not going to cover your overhead with 2 or $3 beers, but if you're ready to take a loss on it, it doesn't really matter, you know? I'm making this like a, a nationally known place. Yeah. Okay. I love that. Uh, that's a really good idea, Deej. I don't <laughs> think your head should stop spinning on that. I think go to bed thinking of that. And as soon as we hit that mega hot streak, we win the lotto. Uh, we're going in together, a little sauce of city. Or you're running it independently and I'll sit there and drink two other beers. Yeah, exactly. I just think there's so few buildings that have, uh, well, not few, but like that historical, everything's already in place and it has this like just I don't know. From what I know of architecture, it looks really cool and it could just yeah. be, it has, it has potential for my three, $300 million. Yeah. I mean, you want to talk about like the center of the city. It's right there, right across like the uh, Detroit bridge there, mm-hmm. uh, right. Great view of downtown. I mean, I love it. I, I think it's going to blow up. I just think the, the Ohio city galley wasn't the right uh, business for it. And I think mm-hmm. if you put in two to $3 beers there and people are peddling two to $3 Dortmunders, I think it could work, bud. Do you fall in the camp of like something like thinking of $300 million ideas that those distract you from normal life and they're bad? Or do you think, you know, I'm never going to have $300 million, but maybe something that comes of that and that imagination is still great to have. I, yeah, I'm not a big idea guy. I'm glad that you are a big idea guy. I, I think of like small actionable steps and stuff. Uh, but I don't think of like the, I'm taking over this space with $300 million. I think about like, man, you're taking a loss on that $3 Dortmunder. And I hope you know that. <laughs> like you're not going to be able to pay your overhead. <laughs> like, And it's fine if you have $300 million, but that ain't going to happen. Yeah, but uh, when you have that kind of weight, buddy, now I'm now I'm connected with the distribu- uh, distribution. I'm connected with Great Lakes. We're working out exclusive beer deals. Yeah. We're doing all this shit, buddy. Like. <laughs> Yeah, but that's not the way it works because you're paying to like keep the lights on. You're running the heat. So a $3 beer is like if you're paying $2 for that beer, you're losing money on it. You're untouchable when you have 300 mil. You can make magic. You can make magic. You truly can. Like I'm saying, yeah, I'm making a, taking the losses for the first couple of years, but. Okay. But I'm also the guy. You're fine with that. I envision having 300 mil, but I'm not the guy that plays the lottery, you know? So Mm -hmm. it's like, what are you doing? Yeah. Um. I, you know what, DJ, I do have something I think about when I'm trying to go to bed. And this is going to sound ridiculous. And this is like, I haven't, I haven't thrown a baseball in earnest in, uh, in 12 years. Okay. Uh, but I think about, I think about pitch types out of my hand and how it would feel out of my hand. Like I've been working on a slider in my head for the last 12 years. I've never thrown a slider in my life. That's hmm. what I think about when I calm down. Wow. I have a pretty See, good slider, I think. Stuff like that, though, that can do it. That's a good one. 
even though it's mm -hmm. it's off the wall. I mean, I would a hundred guesses wouldn't had any idea. No, why would you? <laughs> Sometimes that that shit works. All right, that's pick six. Kind of all over the place today, you know. A little Christmas, <laughs> little sleeping, small dab of sports, <laughs> a little hot streak. Yep, yeah. I love it. All right, on to the uh, self-involved segment. Run the numbers, Robbie. What did we put up last week? Man, we came back with a vengeance last week. Uh, you know, people are talking. People talked about the Creed take that I had. Mm -hmm. um, so 49 listens this week. 36, man. We are struggle bussing. Ouch. See, wow. like, if that you gotta think was it. like 105, I don't know how it could have been, but then you would have officially been preheating. We would have been preheating for yeah. sure. Yeah. <laughs> we would have felt even better about this episode. We would have came out even stronger. Uh, but we put our best into everyone. But uh, yeah, that sucks. 39. That's got to be our 36. lowest record. 36. I think I'm trying to preheat. <laughs> I think it's the holidays, though, dude. You know, people are busy. <laughs> no one's busy. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> It's a I tough don't know one. Either. We we are thinking about doing a greasy t-shirt round two. So if you guys have some interest, we might do it. Maybe we'll do a different design if people want to re-up and have another greasy tee. Yeah. So we're in preliminary talks with our distributor. Um, yeah. You know, about some greasy teas. So let Rob or I know. Yeah, and we're not gonna uh, go out and advertise about this t-shirt sale. So I'm sick of people coming up to me like, why didn't I get a first t-shirt? Because you don't listen to the pod, right? Like, unless <laughs> yeah. you listen to the pod, I'm not getting you a t-shirt. Like, I'm glad you're trying to support us, but we're not making money off these t-shirts. Trust yeah. us. Yeah. We're giving it to you at cost. So if you listen to this podcast and you want a t-shirt, like you're listening to this segment right now, we'd love to get you a t-shirt. But if you're not listening and then like you see somebody at Greasy Teeth, I'm not going out of my way to get you a shirt, bud. Yeah, we got double the shirts the first time and I'm pretty sure I still took an L on it. Yeah, I'm sure you did. Because <laughs> they misprinted the first ones. Um, obviously, I gave some out, and I wasn't going to, you know, for misprinted shirts and all that shit, I wasn't going to charge. And I, and I doubled up people. I gave people two when they ordered one and all this shit. So I'm glad yeah. that happened. That was sick. I'm like, that was right. the best thing. Um, shout out to uh, Rush Order Tees. Great customer service there. But uh, I do want to backtrack, though, and... Uh, talk about the Creed take since that did get some traction. Maybe you can elaborate on that, Rob, what people have been saying to you. Yeah, I guess my Creed take was like when you're at a bar and somebody's playing like four Creed songs in a row, like it doesn't hit the same way it does like the first one. And I, I stand by that. Like if you listen to some My Sacrifice, we're at the bar, it's one o'clock and we're drinking beer and you play some My Sacrifice, I'm in. I'm 100% in. I'll listen to it. I'll rock it out. But if you're going to follow that up with higher or arms wide open, I'm out. I don't want to listen to that. Human Clay, I can take one song and one song only. And that's a real Creed fan knowing what album that comes off. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm in on it. So, like, I'm not out here just trying to shit talk Creed. I'm just saying, like, there's better music. Play some Santa Claus is Coming to Town by uh, Bruce Springsteen, and I'm in. Like, I'm all about it. You know what I mean? I love yeah. that stuff at a bar. But you can't hit me with back-to-back -back songs by the same artist, especially Creed. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, the guy that plays the multiple Creed songs, like you could have a meme about, or I don't know, workshop in here. Yeah. But you can assume a few things. One, his friends or his like fringe friends are going to talk shit behind his back for sure. Because it just yeah. it says other traits about you. Two, he probably lives alone or lives with a roommate he doesn't speak to. Uh, yeah, you know, I, you know, I'm making generalizations, but I think that's probably true about that guy. 
Okay, let me ask you a question, and I agree with the takes about that guy. But, okay, so I'm at a bar, and I play a song, and the whole bar just goes nuts for this song. Let's say I play some Creed, right, at the bar, and everyone's singing it. It's, can that be qualified as a preheat? Like, you got the whole, <laughs> you know what I mean? There is no better. Is it? That's a great feeling. Like, it, you know, it's You're right. Oh, and then you, like, start thinking, like, oh, being a DJ is not that hard. No, that was a bop, dude. That was like the ultimate bop. I know how to read a room. Yeah, right. <laughs> Play some Zed Clarity, followed up by some uh, Dua Lipa. Is that how you say it? Oh, my God. You would get yeah. Dua Lipa. That's how I'm saying it. Yeah, the Creed guy. I'm with you. But I think people are saying that because they do like the one Creed song and it's funny. But then they, they, oh, they don't yeah. think back to like okay, well, if there's four, if he continues playing, I'm hanging out with such and such every weekend and they're the Creed guy, it loses its luster. Like, I'm saying if you are a Creed fan and you have you have the album on vinyl and you're spinning that for yourself every weekend, that's fine. But you have enough wherewithal to know that you like, maybe that's not the song that I bring to the bar. You know what I mean? I just view it as that guy that you described, played a Creed song, it hit, he thinks he's preheating, He's trying to back it up with another Creed song because it's all he knows. He's just trying to go on a hot streak. It's not working out for him. Don't play the second song. Pick something else. Take another risk. The only, and I'm not sure if for sure on this one with Creed, but it sounds like a potential one creditor on Touch Tunes, and that's where I'll give a little bit of grace there. The one credit song, you know, yeah. maybe you got to slide a little something because you're limited there. I remember uh, like, Hey, I would always play at bars because it was a song everyone knew and it was a one creditor. Yeah. I understand the economy stuff. You know what I mean? <laughs> you get as much entertainment as you can. And sometimes you're stuck well, with one credit. Yeah. 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 It's your leftover credit, right. man. Best. That would be a good one. Best leftover. Well, no one's going to bars, I guess. Yeah. I can't wait to see how much touch uh, students money I have when I finally go back into the bars. I'm looking it up yeah. right now. That is a stock we should buy, you know, Touchstone stock 2021. I don't think it's publicly <laughs> traded, but I'm in. No, I know, but something. We got to get involved there. Uh, so that's self-involved. Let us know about T-shirts, 36 listeners. You're listening to this, so we can't tell you. I mean, maybe tell your friend or something or run it back. I don't know. Uh, that just sucks. Anyway, we're breaking out a new segment. We've done a lot of like different outside the pick six, different segments, but I figured this one, I want something that's going to be reoccurring. Uh, and I think this one potentially has staying power. And this is called the brew dog corner. Well, maybe working title. Okay. Know, maybe we could do something a little less douchey. Uh, but basically it's just what we talk. We talk about, you know, our beer habits or what we're doing in the last week in terms of consumption of uh, alcohol. Yeah. Okay, I didn't know this was like where we were going with the segment, but I do have some beer news to talk about. Uh, in Cleveland, BrewDog, like the brewery itself, which is based out of Scotland and then has like a, a flagship down in Columbus, uh, is announcing that it's coming to Cleveland soon. Are you a BrewDog fan? They have like uh, the Elvis uh, beer, mm-hmm. which is like the grapefruit IPA, which is pretty decent. Yeah, can't say I've gotten it a ton, but I've probably bought maybe a couple of six packs in my life and mm. like it as much as any other beer. Nice. And yes, nice. I would be interested in another brewery coming. Okay. I don't know. I don't think I don't think there can be too many breweries. You know. How about too many I, dog breweries? Thirsty Dog and Brew Dog? I might get confused what one we're going to. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um I'm with it. You know. Okay. I think we're in a world where now we can blend it can be called a brewery, but a lot of breweries have good food. 
As long as you have good food, you have staying power. Love that. Uh, right here. What, what kind of brews you been consuming? I saw you had a dill pickle beer at some point. Dill pickle beer, Urban Artifact, incredible. It was a Christmas pickle beer. So if you like the taste of uh, sipping uh, pickle juice like our boy, uh, who was the running back that did that? JGI on the sides, sidelines of Boise State. Uh, drink your uh, Xmas pickle. I don't know if you can find it that many places because, you know, it's pretty exclusive in terms of beer stores. No, um, my beer take is actually not about beer. Yeah. And it's about seltzers, which we are uh, mm-hmm. pretty outwardly against, I think, at least in terms of like their popularity. Yeah, we are. I think we're seeing a shift. It's okay. moving to the mixed drinks in cans already. It's the okay. new wave, man. Cutwater has these like uh, margaritas in a can. They have Bloody Marys in a can, and they're pretty incredible. I just saw the margarita ones there last weekend, drank them. They were great. And I think we're shifting from Seltzer's to more like the real mixed drinks in a can. I love that movement. I don't think that I, – I don't know why I'm so anti-seltzer. Uh, I don't drink them. Like I don't enjoy them. Like that's obviously the first reason. But like I don't like when other people drink them. I don't think it's cool. I don't think it's like something that we should have. Like just drink beer. I think that's what I'm saying. But I, I do like the mixed drink take. I would much prefer that somebody's drinking a margarita than a, a ginger snap Bud Light seltzer. Like I want nothing to do with that. I think seltzers, I mean, just put it plainly, became popular in part because um, they appealed to women much more than men. Sometimes not everyone wants to drink a Miller Lite or whatever. And if they're tastier, (laughs) taste a little bit more like water. Yeah. um, And then, you know, dudes tried them. They're like, man, these are good, too. I don't want to feel like. A f- 400 pounds in my gut <laughs> i love that feeling <laughs> yeah no better feeling man right uh, but mixed drinks <laughs> i like it too because like the percentage like a seltzer if you're a 200 pound guy like good luck even yeah. getting buzzed i'm not yeah. advocating like to go get fucked up every weekend as you know <laughs> but you want to feel a buzz if you're drinking a couple beverages Right. You just uh, want to feel it. Yeah. Take the edge off a little bit. I feel you there, but So mixed drinks in a can. Try cut water if you see them. They're good. Okay. Uh, that's all for the brew dog corner that I got. Nice. I, I We're anti-seltzer on this podcast. We'll, we'll be the <laughs> yeah. first one to come on and say we're anti-seltzer too. We might be the first openly anti-seltzer podcast in the United States. Yeah. Some would say that about us. Yeah. Uh, we got search that volume and then we got some Browns talked in the show as we've been doing, but this is a special edition of search that volume late entry into the show because Google today released, uh, their trends and they are top searches of 2020. Okay. Um, this is going to be a little untraditional. Uh, let me bring up their year in search. Do you want to go the. We'll just take a few guesses, and then we'll break down the ten topics. We don't have to do like the the game show sound bullshit. Okay. Um, can you guess the the top ten? Well, they have a bunch of categories, so they have the ten most searched things in 2020. Okay. And then they have also like broken down like athletes or sports or whatever. You just want to go the top ten general? Yeah, let's do top ten general. And is this specifically for the United States, or is this worldwide? I am going to switch it to United States right now because I was confused at the results I just saw and they were global. So I think okay. United States you'll do better at. Okay. All right. Do you have any guesses of like top 10 topics of 
2020 in terms of searches. Yeah, I do. Are you going to put a timer on or am I just going to like give you some guesses here? Uh, well, yeah, I guess, I guess, yeah, let's play for real then. Let's, okay. We'll, yeah. we'll, do the, we'll do the timer. All right. Uh, we'll say you have to get, let's see, five to be a success. Uh, well, some of them overlap. So there's okay. really eight, some, there's eight. So if you get four, I'll call it a success. Rob, are you ready to play? Search that volume. And here we go. Go. Election results. COVID-19. Quarantine. Donald Trump. Nevada election results. Pennsylvania election results. Joe Biden. Joe Biden presidency. Vaccine. COVID vaccine. COVID-19 China. China flu. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. There's a lot of races. Facebook. Uh, Facebook.com. I think. And Twitter. What is Twitter.com? <laughs> Donald Trump Twitter, um, and that's all I got. Yeah, you did pretty pretty good off the bat here. All right, so number one search term of the year, election results, which I think you okay. said. Two, coronavirus. Got that. Three, Kobe Bryant, RIP. Rips. Yeah, that seems February. so long ago. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. February. Four and five were coronavirus update and coronavirus symptoms. Six. Okay. Big one, big word, probably the word of the year. Quarantine. Zoom. Zoom. <laughs> yeah, quarantine, I guess, would be. A child. <laughs> Seven is who was winning the election. Eight, okay. Naya Rivera, who um, I believe died this year. She oh, was a, drowned, of, yeah. okay. of Glee fame. Yeah. Nine, Chadwick Bosman. Bozeman. Oh, my God, yeah. I and that. Ten, PlayStation 5 snuck in there, late entry. Wow. For that. So celebrity deaths, coronavirus, and election. That's a tough I can't one. believe Donald Trump wasn't up there, but yeah. I know. I know. People wise, it has Joe Biden as number one. It doesn't even have Donald Trump. See that? That's awesome. That's weird. Um Yeah, so that is the uh the search that volume of 2020. I think you did pretty decent. Nice, buddy. You weren't so like gruesome with the deaths, which is nice. Uh, yeah, I wasn't even thinking that. I'm good vibes. I'm pretty eating. Yeah, <laughs> pretty eating. Exactly. All right. Speaking of the vibes, buddy, Browns this weekend, or actually Monday night, you hyped for it? Biggest game yeah. for the Browns in blank? Uh, biggest game for the Browns since the 2002 playoff. And I don't think that's any other, like any underestimation of it. Uh, like, Biggest when in the last time the Browns had an actual meaningful game. If they beat the Ravens, like they're a surefire lock for the playoffs. They beat the Jets, then they're eleven and five to end the year. Even if they lose to the Giants on Sunday night, like this is the biggest game of our lifetime as uh, meaningful Browns fans. And it just sucks that we're not there. Uh, I have a cousin, uh, shout out Cody, that tailgates every week, like in normal times, and he was like, "This would have been the top three moment of my life," and he meant that like in earnest, like. I was like, I agree. He's been watching like Browns Bengals games, getting up at six a.m. to go down to the meet or to the tailgate lot to watch that shit. And finally, a Sunday night comes along, and he can't go do that. That's super shitty. Um, obviously, bigger things in the world for sure. But uh, yeah, uh, but super pumped for the Browns. Browns plus one and a half. I think I got to take it. What do you think a ticket would go for? You know, like if this was, uh, you know, like what are you getting in the lower bowl for? Two hundred bucks. Lower bowl, two hundred. 200 plus. I think you're setting nosebleeds 170, 180. Like, it would be absolutely incredible. And, like, the prospect that the Browns might eventually host a playoff game. Like, what do those tickets go for? There's been a Browns home playoff game in, like, 30 years. Right. 
Yeah, one and a half, I feel confused. Yeah, hmm. I'll take the Browns as a homer, like I said last week, I guess. But they got smacked yeah. by them the first time. But that was also like four months ago, basically. Right. Two different teams at this point, um, for sure. Yeah, and I think that's just the Browns talk at me. Browns 21, Ravens 20. Ooh, 21-20. I think the Browns score more points than that. Uh, it is going to be a quick game. Obviously, both teams run the hell out of the football. I don't know. I'm just a Browns homer, and I'll tell you that through and through. I'm going to be drinking beers for it on a Monday night. Got to start staying up a little bit later. Yeah, exactly. Uh, have you been enjoying like the Monday, 5 o'clock, Monday, 8 o'clock, Tuesday game? I have been. I, I've been tuning them. I, I, with this like night change, I know it sounds like so cliche. Like, oh, I've been going to bed at 6. Like, I've been in bed by like 7 p.m. recently, which is just terrible. Really? Obviously, we're staying up a little bit later watching this. We're doing this. But, uh, yeah, it's been brutal. Uh, so I'm, I've been enjoying those games because I can at least watch the game before I go to bed. Sweet. Uh, all right. I think that's all I got. You got anything else for Robbie? Nope. I got nothing. I hope everyone starts an absolute bender of a hot streak this week. I can't sit, wait to see him at the book down at the Jack, man. We'll go to Panini's after. Mm-hmm. Start thinking about your touch tune songs for 2021. I Get love it. Get it revved up. <laughs> all right. Perfect. Ride that hot streak. Start the preheat and think about how you're going to really turn it in to the once in five times in your life that it's going to heat up. Yes, sir. See you next week.